Hello, and welcome to Nutmegged, a Premier League podcast. Every week, we break down the latest matches, cover off-field drama, and inevitably discuss VAR. I'm Jackie. And I'm Josh. If you enjoy our show, subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter at NutmeggedPod or our website, nutmeggedpodcast.com. Please rate and review the show on your preferred platform to help other listeners find us. Hello and welcome to our Match Week 12 review episode. Hello. And a preview of Match Week 13 too. Midweek games. Yeah, the games are coming uh, fast now in the midst of December. There's a lot for us to get through. There were some pretty good games this weekend. I feel like I say that every weekend. First weekend in in several years that none of the so-called top six have won. That's interesting. I didn't put that together in my Mm -hmm. mind. I... uh, I'm almost in the habit of saying good games every weekend, but to be honest, I was kind of disappointed by the games on Saturday. I'm not sure how you felt. Yeah, they went the best. Where should we start? Let's get it over with. All right. Everton versus Chelsea. One nothing victory for Everton. Yes, it was. Uh, Chelsea gave away a penalty. Yep. Almost gave away a second penalty. <laughs> Saved by VAR. Mm-hmm. For once, it did its job. Right. And didn't look bad throughout the game, but just couldn't really finish. Yeah, it was, look, it wasn't a disaster. Chelsea had gone, I think, 17 games unbeaten in all competitions. A loss was probably coming at some point. Um, Everton away is a pretty terrible fixture for Chelsea every year for some reason. This one wasn't as bad as in recent years, but yeah, I mean, Mendy made a mistake. He's been so good, we can give him that one, but he probably shouldn't have come out. Hit Calvert-Lewin, gave away the penalty. Sigurdsson scored the penalty. And then Chelsea just couldn't really create anything. They were lacking any sort of natural width. When there were no fit wingers, so Havertz and Werner were playing on either side. Neither one is really a natural winger. Neither one is was especially creating much. Um, Everton are big. They defended well. They're a pretty physical team. They had no problem with Drew in the middle because we were just sending in crosses to him. And yeah, Chelsea just looked a little bit lackluster. It wasn't a disastrous performance, but they didn't deserve to win. Yeah, and, and Drew did look, like you said, a little bit surprising. He's been so good. He had the week before, he scored five goals in a week, so he was coming off that yeah. high. I think everybody expected that momentum to continue, but he just wasn't able to link up play with the Chelsea players. And yeah, no one, was, no one was terrible, but several players had kind of an off day, Giroud being one of them. I think the only player who really was at his best was Reese James, who he hit the post and was very, very, very good. Um, yeah. Chelsea were a bit unlucky. They hit the post twice, but they just didn't create enough. Um, and they gave away a penalty. So 1-0 to Everton, who deserved it. They defended really well, and they had a few more chances on the break as Chelsea were pushing up, trying to score. Um, hopefully Chelsea can kind of fix that tomorrow against Wolves and come back but yeah it was just one of those days yeah frustrating yeah frustrating but uh, that happened every once in a while yeah so let's keep going I want to touch on the Manchester derby yes and my preview (laughs) for this is last season when Chelsea were making a push for the top four there were a few nerve-wracking weeks where they lost some games be it Bournemouth or, or some other teams where Sheffield, United. Sheffield yep. United where they shouldn't have lost and then they were early in Probably the weekend have, but... well, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and there were early games in the weekend 
And then the other teams, the biggest competitors, went on to also flub something. Yep. And I'm very lucky. And that kind of seemed to happen again this weekend. Yeah, none of Chelsea's kind of big, big rivals won. I mean, Leicester and Southampton should be included in that right now. They both won. Um, but yeah, Manchester Derby, they obviously drew nil-nil. It was kind of a boring dreadfully game. boring. People probably lost the will to live during that game. Yeah. Both managers seemed okay with just not losing. Um there were very few even good chances. It was just pretty drab, to be honest. Um, decent result for United after going out of the Champions League midweek to Leipzig. They kind of at least arrested that slump and defended well. Um, not conceding against City is still impressive, but they also didn't create much either. So it was uh, pretty dull. Yeah, I was almost going to say that maybe it felt like a bigger relative victory for City, for City, considering they lost both of those games to United last year. But then, as you pointed out, United were eliminated from the Champions League midweek and, and City's still in that tournament. So, pretty even all around. Yeah, and both teams have a game in hand, and they're both moving up the table. So, I think they're kind of okay with that. I think in ninth and 10th place, respectively, or 8th and ninth, I have to double-check, but they're somewhere around there. Yeah, and they, I think if they win, they're up to, like, 2nd and 3rd yeah. or something like that. It's so close. Yeah, it, it's been interesting with the so-called big games this season. In recent years, we've had kind of City and Liverpool going at it, and you have to win that game because ever, no one can really afford to drop any points. This year, with the condensed schedule and injuries and just kind of the, what I think will be a much closer title race, it seems like teams are more willing to just not lose. Um, Chelsea and Spurs both seemed pretty happy with a draw a few weeks ago. United and City both seemed pretty content with it. Um so it's it's an interesting kind of phenomenon, but nobody seems particularly willing to go full out attack in these big games lately. Yeah, I agree with all of that. All right, let's touch on Wolves Aston Villa. That one must have been a painful loss for for Wolves. Aston Villa scoring on a penalty in the ninety fourth minute. Yeah, it's a tough way to lose. Tough way to lose a game when you're at the very least exhausted and expecting a draw. Uh, Especially to, without your star striker. Yeah, and, and even even more so maybe considering that Aston Villa were down to 10 men for the last 5 or 10 minutes of the game. Wolves too, though. Wolves, but in the 94th minute, which gave away the penalty uh, and then conceded the, the goal. So, you know, maybe more painful overall. Mm -hmm. But there was an astounding number of yellow cards in that game. Mike Dean strikes again. Uh, I think eight for Aston Villa. And two reds. And and four yellows for Wolves and then two reds on top of that. So Mike Dean enjoys a card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, happens all the time. Yes. Uh, not a season-defining game for either team by any means. No, they're both doing well. Wolves are without Jimenez, so yeah. it's a tough period for them. Probably more important for Aston Villa in that it was their first victory in three games. Yeah, they're doing well this season. Entertaining. Had a little bit of a slump. Both entertaining teams to watch as usual. Mm -hmm. I think they could definitely use Barkley back just to take some of the pressure off of Grealish. When Barkley's not there, Grealish can be double, triple teamed. And kind of, he's kind of still the creative hub of the team. I think Barkley takes a little bit of that pressure off of him. Um, so hopefully he'll be back soon for their sake. Yeah, hopefully he comes back soon. He, he certainly carves some space out in the midfield for himself with his runs and his kind of bolt-on passes and, and all the other stuff that he does. I came up with that term. It didn't, didn't really work. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't know. I, I, I was trying to say it's a little bit like a bulldozer or something in the midfield, but that was a loan move from Chelsea that had proven to be very effective up until his injury. Yeah, definitely. You'd have to assume that they could resume you know, the spark that they have together when he comes back. Yeah, I don't think it's a long-term injury, so they should pick right back up. They left off. And then maybe we'll quickly just touch on uh, some of the games we haven't covered in more detail from Friday and Saturday. Sure. West Ham beat Leeds 2-1. to one. Yep. The West Ham are doing amazingly well this season. West Ham uh, a little bit afraid of uh, the team to beat now. Yep. Uh, they play, and, and we'll touch on this, they play Crystal Palace. And I think at the start of the season, I would have told you Crystal Palace would have won that game. And now I'm not so sure. Yeah, I'm kind of terrified of West Ham. Yeah. Um, so they're doing well. Uh, Leeds, obviously, early on four or six minutes in the game, won a penalty, and then, yep. and then West Ham came Saved, back. Saved, but Babianski was off his line. Right. Retaken. Right. Yep. And so there was a lot of disruption there. But, but Leeds with the early lead, and they couldn't hold on to it. Yeah. Leeds with the early lead. Newcastle beat West Brom 2-1. to one. Yep. And that was it for Friday and Saturday. So not a lot of high-scoring games. A couple of big games with... Underwhelming Underwhelming results. average results. Yep. Let's hope for more. This coming week. More fireworks. But right, let's talk about Sunday briefly. Yeah, Sunday was interesting. Southampton beat Sheffield United 3 0. Sometimes they're flying. I don't think we have to really pause there except to say Southampton are in the top four, yeah. genuinely. Deservedly uh, so. And nothing else to say about Sheffield United. We've touched on this week after week. They, they've got one point in 12 games, so they're almost destined for relegation yeah, and, and sad. by a historic amount, yep. it seems. I hope they can work something out to at least pull themselves off the, the ground the way they're on there now. But yep. but Southampton look fantastic, and they're about to play Arsenal. That should be an interesting matchup. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. might be one of my favorite games. Looking forward to this week. I put Ward-Prowse in uh, to my fantasy team because I have to imagine Arsenal's going to lose after they lost to Burnley, which which we'll get to in a second. Uh, Crystal Palace 1-1 versus Spurs. Yep. Just touching on the fact Surprising that... Surprising to see Spurs drop points, but... Uh... Gaeta and the Palace goal was unbelievable. Yeah. Made a number of incredible saves at the end. Um, so, deserved draw. Mm-hmm. And, and and like you said, you know, I think Jose Mourinho's style sometimes can err on the side of conservatism, and that's probably yeah. um, generous to say that. Cause Especially in the second half. They seem to kind of come out flying and then kind of shut up shop a little bit in the second half and try to hold on to their lead. This time, Palace were able to score, so it wasn't successful. But yeah. it's been working. And that's the danger when you play such a defensive strategy. If you, if you make one mistake, it, it could all go up in smoke. Yeah, but on the bright side, they're still first. Mm-hmm. Everyone else around them drop points, and they take on Liverpool this week. So that's obviously the big game of the week. Yeah, Clash of Titans, mm-hmm. both on 25 points. Uh, Spurs ahead on goal difference. Liverpool on Sunday, tied 1-1 versus Fulham. Also drop points. Also drop points. Yeah. Uh, Fulham were winning wild. for a long time. Fulham, in my opinion, deserved to win that game. Should have been up by two, three. They were excellent in the first half. Liverpool were very slow to start. I thought I thought Fulham were really impressive. Kind of unlucky not to get a penalty. Um, there was a debatable foul by Fabinho that was looked at, declared not a penalty. Um, there's uh, you can file that under the ones where you've seen them given in the mm-hmm. past. Yeah. Um, Fulham were fantastic, and then Liverpool came back a little bit in the second half, but still didn't create too much. And then got a penalty for a handball um, in the wall, kind of jumping, 
hit his hand on free kick and Salah scored. So it was 1-1. Um, and I actually, it sounds funny to say, but I think Fulham can feel a little bit hard done by by that score. Yeah, I think so. It's uh, it's funny because if you go back to the start of the season, everybody was sure Fulham was going to be 20th. And, and I heard some people say... They did start terribly. They did start terribly. But I heard some people say that Sheffield could be you know, top six this year. Uh, and it looks like you kind of have to swap those two teams around in those standings. I think they'll both be fighting in the relegation battle, but I think Fulham have a much better chance of staying up. Leicester beat Brighton 3-0. Looked fantastic. James Madison scored probably the goal of the weekend. Beautiful. And uh, Jamie, Jamie Vardy, obviously, a big contributor in the still game. Still scoring. Too. Yep. Still scoring, still setting up goals. They look excellent. They're up to third. Well-deserved. Very tight up there. <laughs> Cohesive team. Yeah, they look really, really good. And the big one from the weekend, the big surprise. Well, depending on who you ask. Well, a big surprise, <laughs> in theory. Uh, and, and we should touch on this because if you look at the standings, it's not that big a surprise. No, but, but if you look it's at the, 15th against 18th but going if you look, into it. If you look at the name, it's a big surprise. The quality but, of the game kind of reflected that. But for anyone who missed it, for anyone who doesn't know yet, Arsenal lost 1-0 to Burnley. Yes. Arsenal are in 15th place. I believe they've lost seven of their 12 games so far this season. They have lost their, they've lost four consecutive home games for the first time since, I think, the 60s. Things are not going well for Arsenal. And, and that game... Was Burnley's second win of the season. And it was a low-scoring game, but it was about as bad as it could get in many ways. I mean, it was, you know, Arsenal had done 10 men after about 55 minutes. And yep. Burnley's goal was actually an Aubameyang own goal. People have been talking about how Aubameyang's had a scoring drought. And he needs to break it, and he and he did, but in the wrong direction. Sadly, yeah. I mean, Xhaka didn't play well, hasn't played well for a very long time, and then grabbed a Burnley player by the throat. Rich. So got himself sent off. He's never good when pretty a, idiotic. When a referee's nearby. Uh huh. And then arguably they should have had two players sent off. El Nenny shoved James Tarkovsky just with two hands in the face to mm. knock him over, and then fell like he had been shot, which was hilarious, but kind of pathetic. I Maybe someone with a better understanding of the laws of the game can explain to me how he wasn't sent off. I don't honestly think they kind of took pity on Arsenal. Yeah, they're like, might. let's not put them down in nine men. Because that, to me, is more violent conduct than, say, Pepe's headbutt yeah. a few weeks ago against Leeds. Um, when he put two hands in the guy's face and just shoved him down... <laughs> Um, but from that corner, Burnley scored. Well, Aubameyang scored. So yeah. lovely finish. Header flicked right into yeah. the corner. Um, and Arsenal just keeps getting worse. They, they cannot score. They can't create. They're putting in crosses that just look kind of wayward and not like they're particularly directed at anyone. Aubameyang's, again, not particularly, <laughs> other than that goal, mm -hmm. not particularly prolific in the air. I mean, he's it's not bad, but he's not like Giroud, who you'd expect to be scoring lots of headers and putting it across his floor. William is, has been terrible. He hits the first man on corners again and can't seem to complete many crosses. He goes backwards a lot to Bellerin. It's just they're lacking any sort of creativity. It seems like for now Arteta's job is safe, but you kind of have to ask, what's he doing? Um, I don't quite understand why he's not trying some of their academy players who are doing pretty well in the Europa League. They can't possibly play any worse. He seems to be putting a lot of faith in the same kind of group of senior players who aren't performing. You would think maybe it was time to change something. Yeah. So 
a couple of responses to your comments. One, do you think it is a management issue at this point, or do you think the players for some reason are just not up to speed? Or no, probably I don't, a combination. I don't think it's solely a management issue. I think a lot of these players are just not good enough, and then the ones that are underperforming, I think the attitude is a problem. Like there's clearly a discipline problem because they they have I think seven cards under Arteta red yeah. cards, excuse me, which is more than anyone else in the league, but I think by double. Um, and it's not one player who's repeatedly getting in trouble. It's it's been several. Yeah, more widespread. Yeah, so there's it's clearly a disciplinary issue. I don't think it's solely his fault, but I do think someone could get better performances out of this group or at least change something. Yeah, he's trying the same thing week after week saying, oh, well, we're putting in process at some point it's bound to work, which doesn't really seem like a great tactic. No. And, and then from from that perspective, why is his job safe for a while? I think they don't want to be like a chop and change club. I think Edu, the sporting director, is a big fan of Arteta. He's very close with him. I think he should take some of the blame for the recruitment, but probably doesn't want to bring that on himself. Mm-hmm. Um and I think they still think Arteta is this young, up-and-coming, exciting manager. He did win the FA Cup. We should buy him some time. But you have to think if, at some point, if the players turn on him, that they have to yeah. be looking at his job. Where's Ozil when you need him? <laughs> Getting paid a lot of money to hang out and not play. Okay. So that's kind of rapid-fire wrap of the games this weekend. Yeah, and there's nice. some great midweek fixtures. Yeah, I was going to say, I like doing it that way. Uh, so let's move on to the midweek fixtures. Which one are you most excited about? Liverpool Spurs. That makes sense. Obviously, yeah. Who do you think is going to win that game? Liverpool. Or will it be another draw? Liverpool? You, said that, you said that pretty confidently. It's at Anfield. They haven't lost there, I think, in two years or something ridiculous. Yeah. Three years. Um, I just think they'll attack Spurs and it just will be too much for them. Does Liverpool, is Liverpool one of the cities that has fans back? Yes. So they're going to have a home game in front of the home fans mm-hmm. for the first time in a long time against the number one team in the league. Yep. So the recipe for a good game, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I can't wait. You think it'll be high scoring or low scoring? Low scoring. Makes sense. If Jose has anything to do with it. Yes. I don't have much to add to that except to say that I agree that Liverpool can probably win that game. I had Jota on my fantasy team, and he got injured. And... Long-term injury, too. Another one for Liverpool. So, yeah, so... Their bad luck continues, yeah. but they're still doing great throughout with even the injuries. So I think that puts them in pretty good stead to win the title again this year. Yeah. Look, they still have, aside from Van Dijk and I guess, Gomez. And I guess Alexander-Arnold, they still have uh, their attacking players, the core attacking players up front, mm-hmm. Salah, Mane... Amino, et cetera, yep. intact, relatively. Hope they continue. Allison's back. Yeah. So they've got the core. Yeah. So, and uh, we'll have to see if, if Simon and Harry Kane can, can split apart the Liverpool defense. Yep. But that'll be a fun one to watch. Definitely. An early uh, title decider, perhaps. Yeah. Well, like you said, in the last couple of seasons, the title came down to you know, these two teams, and not these two teams specifically, but number one and two teams, you know, Liverpool and City, playing each other and the outcome of that game kind of decided this season, so I wonder if it'll be the same here. Let's talk about Arsenal Southampton. Looking like a must win for Arsenal, but a, a very tough one. Fifteenth place. Southampton are flying. Fifteenth place Arsenal. 
versus fourth place Southampton. Who I genuinely think are the better team right now. They and they, they yeah. seem to be. Danny Ings is back. He's resumed his fantastic partnership with Jay Adams. Mm -hmm. James Ward Prowse is the free kick master, also wonderful on corners. Bester Guard is a monster scoring on corners. They very good. Yeah. And Arsenal have a lot of issues. One maybe silver lining is that Xhaka and Bellerin, due to yellow cards, are both suspended. So he's going to have to at least try a slightly different group of players. Yeah. yeah, Maybe it'll work. Would you be surprised if Arsenal wins this game? Slightly, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what it's come to. Mm -hmm. I, I actually think Southampton will Not win. that they don't have the players. I mean, Aubameyang could easily go on a hot streak and I think pull them out of a hole, but it doesn't look like it's happening. No, I wonder... At this point, it seems like it's psychological as well as whatever else might be going on. But I'm very curious to see over time you know, what brings Aubameyang back to his prime because he's clearly... You know, he signed a contract and it's the same joke that Ozil did too. It's fabulous three months ago. He was great, and I remember he ended the last season really, really strongly, and everybody's excited about the combination of Arteta and Aubameyang, and you know, both of them have kind of flopped this year so far. So far. But still a long season ahead. Leeds-Newcastle. Not that much to say about that game. I predict the Leeds win. Leeds win. Fast-paced game. Ultra-attack. I think Newcastle will sit back and try to defend. Yeah. Yeah. And counter on the counter-attack. <laughs> yeah. That was a terrible sentence, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Callum Wilson, maybe he's got a couple of goals in him. Okay. Same maximum still out. Okay. West Ham, Crystal Palace. Let's just touch on this one because of how good West Ham's London been. London Derby, but yeah, I'm going to go with West Ham. Okay. I think I'm going to stick with Crystal Palace. Uh, Zaha, I'm putting back in my team for this game. So we'll see what happens in that game. A couple of games on Thursday, Aston Villa Burnley. I think Estonville is probably going to win that one, but you know, Burnley coming off a huge win against Arsenal, so their confidence might be riding high. And then Sheffield United, Manchester United, I, I think there's not much at all to say there. Manchester United should win that one pretty handily. Uh, we skipped over a couple of the bigger ones earlier in the week. Wolves-Chelsea, big one for us. Let's, yep. let's pause on that one. Okay. What do you think? I think Chelsea need to win, get back on track. I think... Good for Chelsea that Jimenez is out, but Wolves are still a very dangerous team. I think Neto and Pudence will cause a lot of trouble. Yeah. Jimenez could have been a real headache for Chelsea if we were if we were in no no fractured skull jokes intended. Uh, Manchester City, West Brom. Has to be a Manchester City win. We'll see if West Brom can do anything Pulling to surprise, up, but, uh, but that should be a pretty easy one. Okay, so that's a wrap. We hope you enjoy the midweek games and we'll see you and speak to you ahead of the weekend to talk about uh, a review of game week 13 and a preview of game week 14. See you then. If you enjoyed our show, subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter at NutmegPod or our website, nutmegpodcast.com. Please rate and review the show to help other listeners find us. Cheers.